Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Canon Chatter TV with me, Stephen. And I am joined tonight by only one of my normal co-hosts, um, and we're we're going back to basics, back to back to the old days, uh, and how we started out. And it's me and G. How are you, G? I'm good, you know. I'm good. Uh, really long day at work. Feels like it's been a really long week, to be honest. Um, but yeah, no, um, feeling good. Um, feeling a lot better since obviously our last show. Um, and had some time, obviously, since the back-to-back the -back defeats that we had. But, yeah, now looking forward to the show um, and obviously looking forward to hopefully picking up some points this weekend, which will be nice. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Um, had a day off today. So um, we went up to, to Belfast and went to the Christmas market. Nice. Had a bite to eat and a, a dander round and a bit, a bit of a dander around town and then home again. Put up nice. some Christmas stickers on the windows with the kids and stuff. So yeah, yeah. it's not been too bad. Um, but oddly, for the first time in I don't know how many years, I'm actually going to be working on a Saturday, and I am not going yeah. to see the match. Yeah, um, same. So it's it's kind of a bit odd for me. Um, yeah, but we'll, I'll catch up with it tomorrow night. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to tonight's show. Um, obviously, as you can see, there's there's no Lottie with us tonight. Lottie is out in the big the big smoke out in London yep. town with um with Georgina. Living it G. up. She goes <laughs> by her co-host on the, the England ladies programmes that we do. Um and obviously has been on with us several times. Um so yes, they were at the, the Barcelona game last night and they are out living it up in London tonight. Um we had talked about her, her coming on while she was out in the bike, um, but I haven't really heard from her that much. So we'll, we'll leave her to, to get drunk with with G. Um, and you know what? We'll roll the credits and we'll get started on tonight's show. So, a couple of comments in there already. We have um, Gamer DJ, that's Cal. How are you, Cal? Been stuck in Luton on M1, two hours epic. Mm, Jesus. Thank you. Are you still there? Um, if so, hopefully this will this will keep you entertained for a bit. Um, and we can pass away those hours stuck in the motorway. Oh, do you know what? It was really bad here the other morning. There was a, a storm, obviously, Storm Barrow, which I believe... It used as well over in England, but yep. it was Tuesday morning. The rain was just nightmare. The wind, it was awful, and there's so many people suddenly decided mm. that obviously, you know, school kids and stuff couldn't get the bus to school anymore. Neither their mummies yeah. and daddies to, to drive them in. So I was driving up to Belfast, and honestly, the traffic was a nightmare. Um, and when you're not used to having to drive in traffic because you work yeah. from home for so long, Sitting in that traffic is just, it's hell. It's not fun. It's, it's not fun. absolutely hell. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't envy you, Cal. I can see there you're, you're applying yes. So you're obviously still stuck there. But listen, hopefully we can keep you entertained for the next hour or so. Um, and, you know, with any luck, you'll be home before that. And you can sit down and enjoy the rest of it from the house. Um, all right. So let's kick things off. Um, obviously, we want to talk about tomorrow's game against Southampton. But before we do that, 
we're going to kick things off with a few rumours because obviously we're we're getting into silly season now, um, and it's the the January transfer window coming up in in what three weeks time. Yep. Hard to believe that the last transfer window closed and we're all this way through already. Um, yeah, it's flown by. It has, absolutely. But you know what? We're, we're starting to see the links um, to, to more and more players. Um, th- there's been loads of them, and you know, obviously we're linked with every forward that can kick a ball, um, which, yeah. to be honest, is more than our forwards can do. Um, so you can understand why we're linked to them all. But I want to talk about, just very quickly, about four players that we've been linked with this week. Um, yep. and just sort of get your opinions on them G um, and obviously for anybody that's watching drop your opinions in the chat now or if you're watching this later on drop them in the comments below um, and obviously we'll, we'll get in contact and, and talk about them as well um, I am going to I had promised I would do some of the, the sort of transfer rumour mill shows uh, but obviously just with the new job and stuff I haven't had time but hopefully maybe next week we will start into those and we'll, we'll do, do them throughout the rest of this year and then obviously into January as well. So the first player I want to talk about is someone we were heavily linked with, I want to say last, was it last last winter possibly? Yeah, I would say um, so. It's kind right of been on and off summer. to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and someone that a lot of people wanted at the club and that is Dominic Schlobosly, the mm. Hungarian player. Um, so we went from RB Salzburg and he completed the transfer through to RB Leipzig over the summer. Um, I think it was for in around 20 million or so. Wasn't a massive yeah. fee, but it never is when obviously they're going between the two Red Bull clubs. Um, we've seen that before with them. So, I mean, he obviously he's a great playmaker and we're going to see from the, the, the sort of players that we're being looked we're linked with we're not being linked with goalkeepers and defenders we're being linked with yeah. midfielders and attackers yeah. and that, that's what we need um he's a playmaker in the mold of the likes of a smith row and, uh, and that sort of player so is he someone you would like to see at the club is he someone you think we need at the club you know what it's a difficult one because obviously we were linked with him heavily you know when it was more of a situation when we wasn't really sure the kind of impact or influence that that Smith role was going to have at Arsenal. And also kind of tied in with, you know, he was going to be a player that would maybe come in and also kind of assist with with Smith role in terms of that kind of playmaker role. We obviously went ahead um, last summer and and signed Odegaard, who was on loan uh, with us. So he's definitely a player that, you know, when you look at when you look at his stats, when you look at you know clips of him, I've not seen much of him in terms of like watching him live, but I've heard enough, I've read enough, and I've watched enough in terms of clips to see that he is a quality player, um, really good playmaker, good set piece taker, um, and yeah, he's got a really good long range shot on him. So he's an exciting player. He's, he's an attacking player. But now, when I look at the Arsenal squad, I don't necessarily see space for him. So he's definitely a player that I would potentially want to come to Arsenal. You know what I mean? If we signed him, I wouldn't be disappointed. But I'm just thinking, you know, if he comes to Arsenal now, where does he fit in? Because, you know, by all accounts, we're looking at um, a potential left winger, an out-and-out left winger. So that would then limit, um, you know, potential opportunities for Smith-Rowe out on the left. 
which means, you know, you'd kind of see Smith Rowe maybe coming in and playing more as that number 10 alongside Odegaard. So you, Odegaard then is obviously our newest, you know, playmaker. I know he can play eight, et cetera, but I think he's best in, in the number 10 role. So you kind of think to yourself, well, where does he quite fit in? I don't think right now um, we have enough games in the season or even really need more than two number 10s, given the fact that we're only playing domestic football. So I understand the links previously. um, And obviously, every single window, we're going to get linked with players that are potentially in the market or potentially looking for a move. But I'm just not sure where he kind of fits in now um, with obviously Smith Rowe and Odegaard kind of, you know, vying for that that number 10 slot. The other thing is he's just recently moved himself. So unless there's a problem in terms of settling down um, or he's kind of reflected on the move and thought, you know, it, it's not been the best move for him in terms of his career. I don't know the ins and outs. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a weird one for me. Um, I think we definitely need to strengthen in midfield. But given the fact that Smithrow is having such a positive impact on the team and the fact that we've just recently signed Odegaard and we're, we're still generally waiting for him to, to settle down. Obviously, two and two is good. I can't really see us realistically going for this guy because I just think we'll have an overload of potential number 10s in the team. That just just generally my opinion, really. What, what about yourself? Do you, do yeah, you, I mean, I, my feelings would be very similar to what you're saying there. I mean, he is, he, he's a playmaker. Yeah. Um, and obviously, if we do go for the, um, the Swedish guy, who's at Juventus, his name, yeah. go yeah. from my... The, the the one, <laughs> yeah. which is which is what I've said we need you know I've been yeah. saying that for a long time we need an out and out left winger um, and it, it looks very much like you know we are going to be going for him yeah. um, and having that sort of out and out left winger which does then sort of ask the question where does Smith Rowe play yeah. um, and how does Smith Rowe and Odegaard fit into the same team yeah. if you're playing an out and out winger and Saka on the other side you yeah. know so then all of a sudden you link with Schlobberschlei he comes in, where does he fit in? Yeah. Because he's not going to play in the midfield alongside party unless we're going to play one, unless, you know, unless the idea is to play one sort of deep midfielder mm-hmm. and then play almost two number 10s. Yeah. You know, which mm-hmm. is, it's a tricky one because we're not good with two, two deep line midfielders. We're still struggling. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we only have one. Um, it's it's a difficult yeah, one. So yeah, I mean, he's an exciting player. And yeah, as you he say, is. You know, terrific free kicks and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's where does he fit in, and if he fits in, what does that mean for the development of the likes of Smithrow, and what does yeah. it mean for the likes of Odegaard? Yeah, the future of Odegaard. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a difficult one. Um, he is one, as I say, I would like at the club, like you said, but it's it's where does he fit in, is, is the big question. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. Obviously, January is going to be an interesting time for us. Um, and it's clear, looking as I say, the, the players we're being linked with, it is very much midfield and attack, which is which is what we need, and we know that. So the next player I want to talk about um, is somebody that, uh, you know, as fans of English football in the Premier League, we are very familiar with, uh, because he only left Liverpool at the end of last season. Yeah. And that is Georgie Wijnaldum. Wanyaldum, I think. My pronunciation's not great on them. Um, but he is struggling to settle in at PSG, and from all accounts, he is interested in a return to the Premier League. Um, 
we have been linked with him in terms of a loan move. Mm. Um, now, whether that's just going to be a straight six-month loan or whether it's a loan with an option to buy, I'm not sure. Um, for me personally, um, if it's a six-month loan deal, I'm okay with that. If yeah. it's a six-month loan with an option or a mandatory buy clause come you know, come the summer, I don't want him. Yeah. I don't want him. You know, he's a great player, but he is 31 years old. Yeah. And by the time the summer comes, he's going to be 32. And the last mm. thing we need to be doing is bringing in players of that age on big money. Mm. And, you know, especially not when we're trying to rebuild a young squad. Yeah. Yes, we need some experience, but I think for me, it would be a no if it was a long-term deal. For a short-term six-month deal, mm. yeah, absolutely. We need someone like him in next to the party. Mm. Um, definitely, but not for a long term, dude. What's your thoughts? Yeah. It's yeah, you know what? Like, obviously, you know, he really kind of came into his own, um, in terms of in a, in, in a Liverpool shirt. Um, and I know you know they were pretty ticked off when he didn't actually, you know, extend his contract, um, and obviously stay there. And he, he was really sought after, you know, he was one of the players that, um, left on, you know, he was one of the players in the market on a free. Um, and obviously PSG had the money um, to, 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 to snap him up. For whatever reason, it hasn't really worked out there. Um, and he also had a really, really um, good Euros. Um, well, as long as Holland win it, from, from the games I saw, he was captain, I think, for the vast majority of the games. Um, and he had, he had a good Euros, um, scored a couple of goals. He was really instrumental um, in that Dutch side. But similar to you, I've got my reservations over his age, um, particularly when... You know, what we've seen from our recruitment so far, it definitely is, you know, a long-term project in terms of, you know, buying younger players. Having said that, we do need experience. Um, but long-term, I don't think we need players in that age bracket um, because he's going to come on big wages. And again, we don't necessarily want to be signing a player that really and truly, realistically, could be, you know, in the decline in terms of his career. So... It's a tricky one. I definitely feel as though, given our situation in midfield, um, a six-month loan till the end of the season would be fantastic business um, because he knows the premiership, you know, like the back of his hand. He's very experienced. You know, he has the leadership qualities, you know, given the fact that he's, he's you know, he's led his international side. He's, he's captain the side. So I think in terms of short-term business, I've got to agree with you. I think it would be a brilliant buy. Uh, well, brilliant loan. Um, in terms of long term, I, I have my reservations because, um, like you said, you know, we've been burnt several times in the past in terms of offering, you know, players, you know, long term deals that are, you know, of a certain age. So short term business, thumbs up. Long term business, thumbs down for me. Fair enough. OK, we'll move on. Um, so the next one to look at is... Someone that we have become a bit familiar with this week. Um, <laughs> and that is because we, we had to put up with him on Monday night. Um, yeah. Or sorry, was it Monday night we played? Ever? It was. Yeah, Monday night, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had to put up with him. And he was a bit of a pain in the backside. And that is the Brazilian Richarlison. Um, so again, I'm seeing this link to him this week. Um, and my last just come off the back of him having a a reasonably good game against us, mm. um, scoring one goal. I make that very clear. He scored one goal. He was offside yeah, for the other two, so they don't yeah. count. Um, 
you know. So, I mean, what do you make of this? Is it? Do you think it's just uh, he's being linked because he had a good game, or do you think there could be something in that? And would you want them? Yeah, I personally feel like this is just rumours. Um, I think, you know, last, I think it was last, um, I think it was in the summer, I might even have been in the winter. You know, he's been linked with a move away from Everton for, for a couple of seasons now. Um, and to be honest, I do think he's a bit of a big fish in a small pond. Um, I think Everton refused quite a, quite a high fee um, that Barcelona had offered maybe a couple of seasons ago. Um, so yeah, he he he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Um, and you know, in the past, he has been you know quite sought after. You know, Barcelona, you know, big team. Obviously, they're going through whatever they're going through now. But at the time, I think they were in a much better position when when they were bidding for him. I I, I think it's just rumors, and I think it's you know often we see in the media, you know, agents, you know, media outlets, they use Arsenal as a perfect kind of example to try and drum up interest. Um, you know, kind of kind of get the guy's name out there in terms of, you know, transfer links, etc. So I don't think there's much truth in it. However, in terms of, you know, if it is true and he is genuinely linked and we, we are interested, look, I, I, I wouldn't be over the moon by it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of split with Richardson. Um, I think he's a good player. I've seen him on his day and he looks an absolute world beater. And then I've seen him on other days and he just miss, misses absolute sitters, um, finds himself, you know, quite often offside, actually. I've watched some Everton games and he's quite often, you know, doesn't judge his run and he finds himself in offside positions. Um, and yeah, it, it's a tricky one. I, I'm not sure, you know, obviously we have a real issue in terms of scoring goals. Um, last season, it was the midfield and it weren't the strikers this season. It's more so the strikers, not the midfield. We definitely need attacking players, players that can put the ball in the back of the net. He does have premiership experience. He's a good age in terms of like his career. So I can see some pluses. I can see some pros to signing him. At the same time, I, I feel like I've seen enough of him to know that um, consistently for me, he doesn't really do it. Um, I don't feel as though... He is the type of player that we need to come into the team, um, hit the ground running and kind of get us to where we want to be. And for me as an Arsenal fan, that's top four, you know, competing for the Premier League, back in the Champions League football. I, I'm not sure he's the guy, um, but other people might have a completely different opinion. You know, they might say he's he's a lot better than what we've got. I think at the moment he would definitely be an improvement of what we've got. But a lot of that is to do with the fact that we've got aging players or we've got young players that are not just quite ready for first team football. So I think if we signed him, you know, depending on where we played him, because I know he can kind of play off the wing. Um, sometimes he can kind of play as an inside forward off the left. Um, he can also play, you know, as, as a front man himself. So he does have that versatility at all. So in many ways I can, I can see a lot of positives for why we would potentially sign him. But for me, from what I've seen of him, like I said, I've seen him and he looks an absolute world beater. And I just think, yeah, what a brilliant player. And then there are other times when I've just seen him and I've just not been convinced. He's not been at the races. He's missed absolute sitters, finding himself offside continuously. So I'm a bit 50-50 with Richardson. Um, if we if we actually put in a bid and we signed him, I'd be on the fence. I wouldn't be gutted, but I wouldn't be thrilled. I'd kind of be, okay, 
I'll, I'll, let me see how this one's going to go. So, yeah, not completely convinced that this one is true and not completely convinced that he's the type of player or the right player that we should be targeting. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Interesting to, to see what you think with regards to this one. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I mean, you've kind of covered most of the points there. He is he's a good player, but he lacks consistency. Yeah. And, you know, we, we have that already. We, we have good players who yeah. lack consistency. Yep. Do we need another one? My concern with him would be the price tag. Obviously, yes. you know, you're going to have Premier to pay League more League. because, you know, he, he's played in the Premier League. You will pay more. Yeah, You think they turned down big money offers for him before, as you say, from, yeah. I think, Barcelona. And, I mean, I I think that bid was somewhere in the region of 90 million. Yeah, it was. You know, it was big. And yeah, and they're turning down bids like that. So, I mean, realistically, okay, he's, he's further into his contract and stuff now. But I would say Everton would probably be looking <laughs> 60, 70 million for him. Yeah. I'd say and, minimum 50 mark. Yeah. yeah. I think there's better strikers you could get for that money. Yeah, 100%. So for me, it, it's for me it's a no. Yes, he's better than what we have right now based on their current form. Yeah. Is an on-form Richarlison better than an on-form Aubameyang? This is it. No, I don't think yeah. so. Um, I think I think you would get more from a Bamiang. That being said, you know we don't know is a Bamiang done. Who knows? Um, what I would say here's an interesting one for you. We've obviously been linked now with both of Everton's main strikers. Yeah. So if you had to pick one of the two, would you go for Calvert Lewin or would you go for Richardson? I think right now, in terms of what we need, I'd pick Calvert-Lewin. Um, I feel like when I look at the Arsenal team right now, I think we are desperately in need of a centre-forward. Um, if we were, if we were to sign one player in January, other than a midfielder, and I say a central midfielder to partner Partey, um, it would be a striker. I feel like, despite not having an out-and-out left winger, I feel like we could potentially cope with, with the left-wing situation as it is until at least the summer. But I think if there's one area um, in January that we need to, we need to, or we should be looking to recruit for is, is the centre-forward. And it's crazy because when you think how weak our midfield is and how limited our resources are in midfield in terms of personnel, I still, I'm still looking at the team and thinking we need a striker. That's the priority. And that just puts into perspective just how poor our front players have been this season. Um, so, yeah, I think on the basis of the two players and what they can offer, I think our team is crying out for a centre-forward. Calvert-Lewin wouldn't be my first choice of a centre-forward, but out of the two, if I had to pick one, it would be Calvert-Lewin over Charleston. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, yeah. I would agree with you totally. Um, I think we need, we need an out-and-out striker. We need yeah, we a specialist do. striker. Um what you were saying earlier on about Richarlison and being able to play out in the left and stuff. And that's more what he does is play out wide yeah. and come in. Um, unless that's all well and good, we need a specialist striker. You know, we need someone who can be in the middle and put the ball in the back of the net. Um, yeah. Whether it be from five yards or 20 yards, you know, because yeah. I know we could, we could argue, well, we've got Enkedia who can put the ball in the back of the net from five yards. Although he couldn't the other night, you know, he, <laughs> he, he was five yards out and couldn't manage to put the ball in the back of the net when it was open in front of him. Um, mm. 
but you know we we need a striker an an orthodox out and out striker yeah. for me is what we need and it's not Richarlison so yeah I would go more for Calvert Lewin in that respect I think he's more of a striker yeah um, I've said many times I think he's one of the finest headers of the ball in European football mm-hmm. um, but again like yourself he wouldn't be my first choice yeah so yeah we'll move on because there's one more player to talk about uh, don't get me wrong there's loads more players to talk about you know we've been linked with so many but one more just from today um and obviously this guy came out and it was reported earlier on that he has said he wants to leave manchester united and that is anthony martial who came in as a a record signing for them at the time um he wants to leave united he has been linked with arsenal many many times in the past and again the talk is now that we want them on a six-month loan deal um, with, I would presume, with Martial, it would be a six-month loan with an option. Yeah, um, for the summer. Does this one excite you at all? No, not at all. Um, it's funny because, like, obviously he was dubbed the new Thierry Henry by United fans, weren't he? <laughs> that 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 worked out well. Um, it doesn't excite me at all. But you know what? I've got to be honest. I can actually see this happening. If I'm completely honest. Um, I, I'm not sure if this is completely fabricated or rumours. Um, there, there's been a bit too much noise for too long, in my opinion, for this to be kind of like just just simply rumours. I think I think there's more to it um, than than just the rumour mill. So, as as, as much as I, I'm not excited by this, um, you know, I, I've seen him on his day, you know, and he looks. A fantastic player, but all players, you know, when they're when they're on top of their game, you know, look fantastic. The problem is, is how often is that? You know, and, and one could argue that, you know, he's not necessarily had a fair crack at United, he's been in and out of the team, etc. Um, but I'm just not sure he's the type of player that we need. Um, you know, forget, forget, you know, kind of just thinking he's not very good, just in terms of his attributes. Um, I don't particularly think he's good in the air. Yeah, he's quick, but I just feel like we've got quick players. I just feel like if we if we sign Martial the way we're playing, I can just see us having a very similar situation to what we were in at the moment. You know, if we're not playing and able to, you know, make the best of of Aubameyang and, and, and Pepe's attributes, I see him somewhat the same in that he's quick. I wouldn't necessarily say he's very clinical. I wouldn't say he's good in the air. So I'm looking for a player who is strong, can hold up the ball, um, is good in the air, and is clinical. That's the most important thing for us. We really need a clinical striker. And I wouldn't put him in that bracket. I'd put him in a bracket of needing maybe two, three chances to, to score a goal, sometimes even more. So it does. it's not one that excites me. Um, it actually would... I'd actually be quite underwhelmed if it happened, but I can see it happening. And i tell you why. One... Um, because, like I said, we've been linked with him for too long um, for it to be just simply rumours. And I think when you look at it, with the situation of Lacazette and Eddie potentially both going in January, I can actually see Arsenal probably moving more towards a loan deal rather than a permanent um, striker. And I can actually see them going for the permanent striker in the summer 
because I'm not sure in terms of the targets, you know, the strikers that we've been linked with, I'm not sure many of their clubs would actually part ways with them in January. So I could see us actually offloading Lacazette and Eddie, if not one, maybe two. Um, and I could realistically see us going into the market um, to get an alone striker in. And clearly he, he he's not getting any game time at United, you know, with Ronaldo, Greenwood, Cavani, Rashford, he's literally at the bottom of the pecking order. And that's what concerns me. I, I just can't see him coming in, even, even for a six-month loan, and really hitting the ground running and getting us the goals that we need, you know, to fire us to at least top six. So for me, it's not exciting. It would be pretty underwhelming, but I just have this really horrible feeling that it actually might happen. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know how you feel about him, but I probably can guess you probably feel a similar do you know what? It's a funny one because, uh, firstly, uh, before I just sort of talk about him, um, when it's in my head, obviously you're saying about, you know, if Laka goes and Eddie goes mm. in January, um, and Aubameyang's away then to the, the African Cup of Nations. Yeah, African Cup of Nations. All of a sudden, we would have no strikers. No. So you potentially could go for a loan and a permanent, you know, so that's something to think of. Um, yeah. In terms of Martial, what do I think? I think if we sign Martial, one of two things would happen. He would flop like nobody has ever flopped before. Or he would turn into an absolute world beater. Yeah. There's no in-between. There's not going to be an in-between with him. He will only get yeah. worse or better. Um, yeah. And, uh, do you know what? I'm not sitting here saying that I want Martial. Yeah. But I genuinely believe that there's a player there. Mm. He was a, a good player at Monaco. He was. You know, he was he was touted as you say the next Henri. Mm -hmm. He was a quality player, and that's why United paid big money for him. But for yeah. whatever reason, it just he didn't kick on at United and it didn't work for him. But that's not to say that he's not a good player. And we've seen yeah, it before. Sure. Where players have gone to a club and not done well, and they've yep. gone somewhere else, and all of a sudden, you know, they've turned into world beaters. Yeah. I I think Arsenal could sit him. Mm. I, I do genuinely think Arsenal could sit him. He has mm. the pace. Yep. As you said, he just needs to get his finishing, and that's a confidence thing. Yeah, he is. Because I've seen him, I've yeah. seen him finish. I've seen mm. him score good goals and I've seen him go past players with ease. Yeah. So I know He's what you're saying. That, a couple of times. Yeah, I know what you're saying and it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be the marquee signing we'd want mm. and it wouldn't exactly get you jumping up and down your seat when you, you hear the news. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I don't know. It, it's one of them ones that I think it could, mm. as you say, it could well happen. Yeah, it's but worth I, I think it's it could worth a gamble. Be a good move. It's worth a gamble because let's face it, right now, you know, we can't do any worse than what we've got in terms yeah. of like players either not being at the level they they should be or just not performing. So, do you know what I mean? It's one of those ones where I said like I wouldn't be thrilled by it. At the same time, it's. Like, let's face it, you know, what are our better options? Yeah, and, and he's another one can play on the left. 
He's another yeah. one who can play on the left and cut That's in. That's the talk, yeah. And play that sort of role that Henri did play. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, the arguments there that we have Martinelli. Yeah. But for me, Martinelli's not ready to be no, our, our our lead yeah, forward. Yeah, can week out now. It's okay for a game here and a game there, but not on a, a long-term basis. Uh, Martinelli's yeah. not ready for it. Yeah. He has potential and he, he will be in a couple of seasons' time. Mm. But right now, no. So, I mean, as I say, Martial, it's not one that I would be jumping up in line for joy and going, oh, this is great, this is a marquee signing. But a six-month loan deal, mm. I think it could work. Um, yeah. I do think, as I say, under there, there's still a player. Yeah. He just needs a confluence. Mm. Um, and the change of scenery. Yeah. Uh, you know, been linked with us for so long that yeah, it may happen. It, yeah. it could be a good I, move. I think um whatever we do in January, particularly if if we are doing any loan deals, what I definitely want to see is whatever player we bring in in terms of if it is a loan deal, we need to bring in with an option, at least an option to buy. Um I, I'm not a fan of obligation to buy, um, because you, you just never know what you're gonna get. But there needs to be an option to buy because, as you said, you know, we could sign somebody like Martial. And to be honest, I think the vast majority of the fan base would be absolutely gutted or or they'd be disappointed. And that's purely based on what he's done in recent times at United. Um, But like you said, he could come in and he could be an absolute disaster or he could come in and, yeah, he he could get, you know, get you 10, 15 goals between now and the end of the season. The last thing we then want to do is for him to go back to United. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. We want to at least have an option where we can say, okay, we have an option to buy. That has to be included. I honestly don't see the point in signing players without an option, particularly if they've got potential. Because and that's that's what was that's what my my gripe was with the Odegaard deal when we signed him from Real Madrid was that even when he played well in an Arsenal shirt when he was on loan, I remember saying on some of the lives that I, I kind of I almost like forcing myself to not particularly like him in an Arsenal shirt because I know he's a Madrid player. And I know realistically, even if he comes in and sets the Premier League alight, all that's going to benefit is Madrid because it's either going to increase his price for them to sell him or he's going to just, you know, fit right back into the Madrid side. Obviously, it turned out we, we signed him anyway. But, you know, that wasn't looking like it was on the cards anyway, like for, for, for most of that transfer window. So whoever we do bring in, and I think we will bring in at least, you know, a couple of loan signings. If we do bring them in, we need to ensure that there's at least an option to buy. Because if it goes well, it puts us in a, a much better position. Yeah. And then you think of obviously players like um, Danny Ceballos, where we, yeah. we should have had an option to be able to send them back early. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah. yeah, that's always a good one as well. A <laughs> <coughs> um, couple of comments there from Jimmy. Evening, Jimmy. Uh, Martial or the other op- loan option of Jovic. Yes, I've heard this one as well. From um, again from Madrid. Yeah. Again, he, he's another one. He's gone to Madrid and he just he hasn't done it. Um, Where did he come from? Was it Milan? No, he was playing in Germany. I, I want to say Schalke. I think. Yeah. I can't remember, you know what? He, he, sure he, he looks Schalke. a decent. He looks a decent player, but he's just not settled in at Madrid at all. Yeah, he's another one that's obviously constantly yeah. linked. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. 
Um, and obviously over the next few weeks we'll be linked with more and more players and we will, you know, we'll pick up on them here and there. Um, and as I say, hopefully next week I'll get a chance, I'll, I'll do a bit of a rumour mill show and maybe sort of bring them all together um, in yeah. one sort of quick show and um, chat about everything. Um, all right, so before we move on to tomorrow's game, one more thing that I want to touch on, and I sort of touched on it briefly on our last show, um, and that is obviously the situation that's happening up the road at the lot in the toilet bowl. Yeah. Um, and do you know what? All joking aside, it's, you know, I don't want to think of anybody having COVID, you know, because mm. I've, not that I've experienced it personally, I know you have. Um, yeah, you suffered with it a bit, and I know plenty of people who have had it and suffered. Yeah, and people who have lost family members and stuff to it. Um, so it is a terrible thing. So all joking aside, you know, I hope that you know, even though there's Spurs players and Spurs staff, I hope they all make a full recovery, and you know, there's no long-term health ill health effects to them. Um, so we wish them all a speedy recovery. But at the same time. I'm not overly happy with the fact that they're they're getting away with having games postponed and stuff because they yeah. have squad for the you know for the situation. Obviously, I had a bit of a say on it the other night, and I will have a, a wee bit more of a say on it tonight. But before I do, what's your thoughts on obviously they had their game last night against Wren um, mm. postponed, and they've had the Premier League have postponed their game this weekend against Brighton. Yeah, it's it is a difficult one because it's. Um... It is a sensitive issue, um, you know, and we, we can't, like you said, you know, we can't lose sight of the fact that, you know, yes, obviously, we all love our football. They are rivals, you know, London rivals. At the same time, you know, people are genuinely ill. Um, so we can't kind of lose sight of that, you know, the kind of hu- humanity aspects of it, um, all banter and jokes aside. At the same time, it it does feel somewhat a bit of a, you know, Liberty, to be honest, because, you know, obviously many a teams um, this season, last season, um, you know, most recently Arsenal, we suffered massively with regards to COVID um, at the beginning of the season. We had a a number of first team players out. Um, We had Gabriel, Ben White, Aubameyang, Lacazette, just just to name a few. Um, And we were pretty much told to kind of just roll up our sleeves and get on with it. Um, You know, even though, you know, we were we were we were facing the opening game and facing arguably the the two strongest teams on paper, um, you know, in the league, and we kind of just had to roll up our sleeves and and just take the free defeats, you know, <laughs> and just and just keep it moving. So, you know, in that aspect, it, it does feel you know a little bit of a of a liberty because you know the 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 word was that you know regardless of COVID, the season's going to go ahead, and as you said, you're going to use your squad in order to cope. Um, and it just, I think the, I think the one in the one in the Europe um, match that kind of bothers me a little bit more, because I just think to myself, well, you know, I've seen some of the teams that you know Spurs have put out in Europe, and the vast majority of them, they've actually played like reserve players or they've played a weakened squad, etc. <coughs> so that one really, really bothered me. And then obviously you've got you've got the, the I think it's a who are they playing? Are they playing Norwich or Brent? I can't even imagine who they're playing. Or Brighton. Right. They're playing Brighton at the weekend. So yeah, it 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 doesn't feel it doesn't feel great that obviously the game has been postponed. 
at the same time, the only the only thing that I'm I'm aware of or conscious of is the fact that um, I believe that the the number of cases they have are significantly more than what from what I've heard. I, be, I don't know how accurate it is, but I've heard somewhere in the region of like 15 cases um, across staff and players. And I don't know what percentage of that is players, what percentage is staff. But yeah, if if I'm honest, it, it left a it left a sour taste in my mouth when I saw it because I thought, well, is it, it? It just seems like again, it's one rule for one, one rule for the other. Um, at the same time, I'm trying to kind of keep it keep a lid on it because I am aware that you know they don't make the rules. At the end of the day, um, this is not a decision they've made. This is a decision that the Premier League have made. So really, in terms of who's at fault, it's the Premier League. It's the FA. It's got nothing to do with Spurs because I'm sure Arsenal would have been making a claim for those games to be rescheduled or recalled. And as as per usual, it falls on their fears. So I don't necessarily blame Spurs. I think they're in a situation that they can't help. They can't help that their players and their staff um, are ill with COVID. As you said, we wish them a speedy recovery. But for me, it just it, it just doesn't fit right because they've so-called made up these rules that teams have just got to, you know, pull up their sleeves and, and, and get on with it. But yet yeah, they've just completely done a done done a done a 360 um on, on what they've said. So um yeah it's it's not great. It's not great for me. Um so yeah I'm a, I'm a bit split. I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter today. Obviously Arsenal fans not very happy. Um I've kind of not I've kind of decided to not kind of comment because I am just aware that look behind the scenes, you know, some of these some of these staff and players could be could be quite considerably ill. So I've kind of just stayed out of the conversation. But yeah, on reflection in terms of like how other teams have been treated in a very similar situation, it, it does feel somewhat unfair. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you consider Leighton Orient um, actually had to um, forfeit their yeah. um, Carabao yeah. Cup game against Spurs. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah exactly. Teams. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, they back on. Feel- yeah. You know, they they had a, a bad outbreak of, of COVID. Yeah. The fact for me is that they have they have a squad of players. Yeah. And my understanding at the start of the season was that if a player had COVID and they were out for the ten days or whatever it was, they would be considered a player who is injured. Yeah. And no special compensation would be given for the players being out. Yeah. Which is why when we lined up against Brentford, we were told, Yeah, suck it up. Yeah, they're unavailable. Yeah, but then obviously it, it spurs and it's Harry Kane, and you know they, they seem to get what they want. Um, you, I get what you're saying about they don't make the rules. It's the Premier yeah. League make the rules. So on that basis, I sat last night and I read the Premier League handbook mm. for the season 2020, 21, yeah. 22, and nowhere in the handbook. Does it say that matches can be postponed for COVID? This is what I mean. Now, I know they'll argue that, you know, it's on medical grounds, you know, they've been advised. But at the same time, if they have 11 fit players... They should play. Plus minimum of, you know, three extra subs. They should play. They should be made to play. Yeah. If Spurs are claiming that they can't play, then they should be forced to forfeit the game. 100%. points and forfeit the goals. It's it's not right, and yeah. there is an argument then that you know 
Arsenal should be allowed to then have their games against Brentford, Chelsea and City. Mm-hmm. Struck from the record books and replayed. Yeah. We might pick up one point from those, but at least there's one more point. Yeah. Um, but then it opens, it opens the floodgates. It does because other teams will it do that. It's not just Arsenal. You know, other, yeah. people, other teams have had players out with COVID. But this, there's also the knock on. And I was thinking about this last night. Um, I was actually I was walking the dog and I was thinking, right. So let's take the city game for example. Mm. Okay. So we had players out with COVID. So you could argue then, right? Well, we should be allowed to replay that game based on the fact that games can be cancelled for COVID. Yeah. So that then means that 34's red card is rescinded. Yeah. Because that game never happened. Mm. So by that basis, we should then be able to replay the games where he was yeah. suspended. Technically. technically and I yeah. we won those games. Mm. So that's fine. But if we had lost those games or you know got a draw or whatever, we, we could go, right, well, we would have had him available. Mm. So there's a ripple of it. Replay that. Yeah. That then has a knock-on effect on the teams that we play. Yeah. Because, you know, if a team had got a result against us, based on that, well, all of a sudden their confidence is up because they've got a result against Arsenal. Yeah. Which then means the team, the next team they're playing are at a, potentially at a disadvantage because they're, you know, more mm. motivated because they've just beaten Arsenal. So there's a whole big massive knock-on effect from it all. Yeah. So, I mean, it just it beggars belief. So, anyway... What I did last night, as I said, was I read the rule book. Couldn't yeah. find anything. So I contacted the Premier League. Okay. And I okay. asked for clarification on yeah. why this was allowed to happen. Mm. And I explained that the understanding, my understanding of the rules was that, you know, if a player had COVID, they were out injured. Mm. And if a team couldn't feel, you know, a side for whatever reason, then they had to forfeit the game. Yeah, the Premier League have not got back to me. What a surprise! Imagine, imagine my yeah. surprise. Premier League have I, not. I, I can't say me. I'm shocked to be honest. Um, so yeah, if they do, I will obviously let everybody know. Yeah, please do. But <laughs> I, I can't imagine they will. But yeah, I did. I just thought, you know what? I I, I want to know. I want to know what the reasons are. So there you are, um, Jamie. They will say feeling a much weakened side negatively influences the integrity of the league. I get what you're saying, Jimmy, but at the same time, this is why we have squads. This is why we have 25-man squads, mm-hmm. and they can still bring in players under the age of 21 and stuff from their, their under-23s team and things. So, I mean, there's absolutely no reason they couldn't field the team. Um, if they're saying that the makeup of their 25-man squad isn't strong enough, you know, that it negatively influences the game, that's on Spurs, not having a strong enough team. That's yeah. not on anybody else. No, that's their true. problem. Yeah. Um, you know, so I can understand that 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 mentality that negatively influenced whenever teams at the end of the season have won the league and they're putting out reserves. Mm. You know, you've got under twenty three, so you aren't part of the normal squad. But normal yeah. squad players should be good enough to be considered able to play. Yeah, you hit the you hit the nail on the head when you spoke about Leighton Orient. You know, if if you're gonna if you're gonna actually, um, you know, get Leighton Orient, who is a, a lower league side, to have to forfeit the game against 
you know, a, a much, a much, you know, bigger side in, in Spurs because they've got COVID, then I, I just I just can't see how you can then legitimately say, you know, well, look, you know, Spurs, you can you, you can actually have the game rescheduled. It, it's just completely unfair. Like if any of those teams should be, you know, given somewhat the benefit of doubt and say, you know what, yeah, you know, we'll reschedule the game. It should be for a lower league side because, you know, a lower league side already doesn't, there's a gulf in, in quality between the two first teams. So if they've got a weakened first team, do you know what I mean? It, it, you can, you, I can understand the logic and the common sense behind that because yeah. Leighton Orient's first team would would struggle to get a result against Spurs' second string side. So I can understand in that context, in order for it to be a fair contest, I can understand them potentially wanting to reschedule it. But in a situation like this, it just it just doesn't make any sense. You know, if, if Leighton Orient had to basically forfeit the game, then I don't see why Tottenham are, are getting, for me, preferential treatment. It, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. I mean, don't get me wrong, and just before I make this comment, um, I'm not backing them, just their argument from Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you're not backing them, Jimmy. I'm just I'm just saying that in terms of, obviously, the negatively influenced part. I can imagine but, them putting, a, putting across their case to the to the Premier League. Yeah. Can just imagine. What, what I would say, and I, I, you know, it's, it's very easy for me to say, oh, you know, Arsenal should be allowed to replay those games and stuff. Realistically, it's not going to happen. And realistically, I'm not even that fussed yeah. about it. You know, it, that, that's not what this is about. Um, because realistically, you know, we might pick up the three points against Brentford, but we're probably yeah. still tough for Chelsea and City. Mm. So it, it's not about that. It's about the fairness. Yeah. And it's about the Premier League came out and made a whole big deal about the Super League. Mm-hmm. And talked about integrity in sport, mm-hmm. and do stuff like this. Yeah. So that bothers me. Mm. But of anything, I actually think that Leighton Orient have the biggest case of any team mm-hmm. to turn around and say, right, well, something is done. I think Leighton Orient should be allowed to play Spurs for the right to play in the Carabao Cup finals. Hundred percent. Yeah, because for I a start, agree. Spurs have got away with playing one less game. Yeah, so they should be made to play that game. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They should be made to play them back to back. Yeah, I don't care. Play mm-hmm. them every night of the week yeah, and for these because they've already had one game. You know, one game has been forfeited for them, which is the Carabao Cup. They've had one game postponed in the league. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a second game postponed in the league. And realistically, probably their next league game is going to be postponed. Yeah, potentially. Because yeah. they're supposed to have a 10-day period. Yeah. You know, once they've tested positive for COVID. So, yeah. I mean, they're going to have another game within the next week. Yeah. So, realistically, it's going to be another game. Mm. So, all of a sudden, they're three games behind. Yeah. Where are they going to fit those in? Because then you no, can guarantee Spurs will complain whenever they're being asked to play them. Of course they're going... Oh no! Three games in like games yeah, three in games in like eight days or whatever. Yeah, mm. do you know what? Tough. Play them yeah. every night of the week. Yeah, you gotta fit your games in, and if you're not playing them, you're gonna forfeit them. Because mm-hmm. they're gonna end up, they're gonna be end up crammed in this a short period of time, and they're gonna end up having to play their squad players anyway. Yeah, they're gonna have to. 
So why not just get on with it and play your squad players and stop yeah, making an arsenal? I agree. Yourselves? I agree. So, anyway, right. Let's move on. Tomorrow, Southampton. How we feel? Yeah. Boy, <laughs> if you'd asked me this question a couple of weeks, well, maybe about a week, week and a half ago, um, I would have been very confident based on obviously results. Um after the United game, I thought to myself, surely we're going to beat Everton. Surely, you know, there's no doubt. Um, and obviously, I'm looking ahead of this Southampton game and I'm seeing a team that, you know, struggling in terms of form, not very good in the league in terms of position. By all accounts, they've got a, a semi-retired goalkeeper in goal, 40-year-old. And I'm thinking to myself, this should all sound like music to my ears as an Arsenal fan. But for some reason... It doesn't. It just it just screams banana skin to me. That's that's literally what it screams. Because every time we look at a fixture and we think, yeah, this has got three points written all over it. For some reason, we either make it really difficult for ourselves and and, and scrape a point or scrape a one nil, or we lose. So I I have to be completely honest, Stephen. I'm not confident. I'm really not confident. Um, should we beat Southampton? Every single day of the week. Should we beat them comfortably? Yes. Will we? That's just another question. Um, for me, it just, it really depends. I, I think Joe, um, big up Joe. Um, I know he, he gave us a couple shout outs um, for this show tonight. He put up something, I think it was um, earlier today or maybe even yesterday. And it was like, how are we feeling about the Southampton game? And I literally put, to be honest, it depends on what Arsenal show up. And I, I, that's how I feel about my club at the moment. I, I can't go into any game. Right now, if we were playing anybody tomorrow, I wouldn't feel confident because I'm only as confident as the team that shows up. From the first whistles, from the, when the whistle goes and the first ball is kicked, I can I can tell if, if this is going to be a good performance or not. So if we turn up, by all accounts, tomorrow and we put in a good display, we beat Southampton comfortably for me. However... I just don't know if we're going to turn up. I've seen us several times this season just not turn up for games. So, in all honesty, I'm not confident at all um, about this game. I just think it's got banana skin written all over it. And I dread to just feel like what the the atmosphere and what... Because obviously it's a home game. going to be very different, you know, if, if we don't put in a performance tomorrow against Southampton. It's a home game. That the mood amongst the fan base is very split right now in terms of the team, in terms of the players, in terms of the manager. And I just feel like if we don't get anything other than three points, I don't think it even matters what the performance is like. And usually performance is really important for me. But I think tomorrow, I don't think it even matters what the performance is like. We just need three points. Um, and I don't have a, an agenda against Arteta or, or my team. Um, even though I have, you know, criticised Arteta in the team quite a lot this season, I want us to win games. So for me, tomorrow, I want us to get a win. And I don't care how we do it. I just need three points um, because I can see the positions in the league. I can see it beginning to slowly slip away from us. And we can't afford that to happen going into this festive period or, or at the moment in this festive period. So three points tomorrow is a must by any means necessary. But if I'm completely honest... I'm nervous. Yeah, just on that, I, I don't understand. I've seen, I've seen a lot of comments on Twitter. Yeah, I'm seeing it more. These, these people very saying toxic that, at the moment. They, they want us to lose. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. 
Arteta gets sacked. Yeah. I'm just like, wow. I don't wow. get it. How, how can people say that? I'm not his biggest fan. You know yeah. that. I'm not his biggest yeah. fan, but I don't want to see my team lose. Like, what is that? <coughs> it's going to ruin my day. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, the simple fact is that if we win games and we keep winning games, that's it. Then, the, yes, Arteta will be successful, but so will the team. And that's what it's ultimately it's, all about. So get behind the team. Yeah, 100%. Yes, if we lose, have your say, by all mm. means. But never want the team to lose. No. No. You've got it. You know, from, from the minute that, that first ball is kicked, you get behind the team for the 90 minutes. If we lose, yeah, have your say on Arteta. Boom, all you want. I don't care. You're absolutely entitled to your opinion. But to want Arsenal to lose just so that the manager gets sacked, that, that's not that's a fan for me. That's, that's not someone who supports the club. Yeah. You know, that's I don't get that at all. Yeah, I've never, like, honestly, I've never in my whole entire life as an Arsenal fan ever wanted us to lose a game. Ever. And that doesn't matter how I feel about the squad, an individual player, a manager, the Cronkays. It, it, for me, it doesn't matter because when that when that whistle goes and that ball is kicked, I'm a gooner. So I, I can't help but emotionally be involved and want us to win. So yeah. I, I just don't, I, I just don't get it. I'm not, I'm not his biggest fan, um, Arteta's. And there's a lot of players in this, in this club right now that are really not pulling their weight. But what I want most is I want Arteta to be successful because if it can save us having, having to sack him and go and get somebody else, I want the guy to be successful. I want the team to be successful. And in order, like you said, you hit the nail on the head. In order to, to do that, we've got to win games. So how you can want your team to not win games is just beyond me. I just don't get it. Yeah. Anyway, um, in terms of how I'm feeling, um, I think we'll be okay. I think we've got enough to beat Southampton. That's it. I mean, obviously, we lost to them last season in the Cup, but we then went, yeah. you know, it was down there at their ground. We then went there three or four days later and beat them in yeah. the league. You know, yeah. so it's we, we can beat them, and I don't see any reason why we won't beat them. Um, it's like you say, it's it's which Arsenal turn up. Yeah, I think the fact that we're at home will help us slightly. You know, hopefully the crowd gets behind the team, cheers them on. There's none of this negativity. Um, and for the most part this season, even though there is a lot of people who are Arteta out, you know, the crowds have been good at the Emirates from what yeah. I've been seeing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's been a good turnout, and they're getting behind the team. So I don't see any reason why tomorrow will be any different. Yeah. Yes, we're coming off the back of two losses, and people are a bit more disheartened and a mm. bit more querying whether Arteta is the right man for the job. But I still believe that the fans will get behind the players tomorrow. Yeah. So, you know, with the Emirates crowd behind them, they should should come away yeah. with the win. Should. So should. should. What I've done is I've gone ahead and I've I've picked a lineup for tomorrow. Now, normally what I would do is I would pick a lineup. We used to do this that I picked the lineup that I thought Arteta would pick, and she yeah. picked the lineup that he would like to see. We now just do one lineup for anybody who hasn't yeah. seen our shows for a while. Um, and one of us will pick the lineup, give her reasons why, and the other one will then say who they would swap and change. So rather than going for what I think Arteta will pick, this is very much not what I think Arteta will pick. This okay. is what I would pick if I was the manager. Okay, nice. 
And given we know that Arteta watches the shows because so many times he, he does take on board what I He's say. taking notes right now. He's ready he is. notepad. I know. And listen, <laughs> Mikel, if you ever want to come on and have a chat, just give me a wee shot. He's got the DM clipboard me. out ready. He does. <laughs> um, do you know what? So I'll bring it up on the screen. I've thrown a little bit of a curveball in here. You may be a bit surprised with the, some of these selections, but okay. here we go. So this is the team I would play against Southampton. So I've gone 4-4-2, and obviously Ramsdale keeps his place in goal. Um, there's absolutely no reason to put Leno back in, yeah. um, and we don't really need to discuss that. The back four kind of pick themselves. Um, mm -hmm. Tommy at right back, Ben White, Gabriel, and I'm sticking with KT. I think he yeah. had a, a good game against Everton, um, and I think, if anything, he came off and we went backwards a bit. Mm. in terms of the quality of our play. Um, so I think, you know, he needs to be in the team. For me, he is a better defender than Tavares. Midfield, I've gone for party, And I know he's not been playing great, but I still think he's, you know, he is one of our best midfielders. Yeah, like or not, else, yeah. He needs to start improving himself. And alongside party, I have gone for Sambi. I, I, I don't understand why Sambi hasn't played the last yeah. game um well i do understand why but Lost for me yeah. he yeah he doesn't deserve to have been dropped you mm. know he, he his last game was a, a man of the match performance and it was the same way in seeing it on as his last game was pretty much a man of the match performance so i've gone back to sambi um and i don't want to see that empty shirt anywhere near the the team i don't want to see yeah. him on the bench um, he's just a liability 34. I don't want him anywhere near the squad. I know he will be, and I know he'll be yeah. in the starting 11. Yeah, but this is the team I would pick. So, Mikel, if you are watching, keep that empty shirt away, just, <laughs> just hang it back up in the armory. Um, and just to get to the January transfer window and get him sold. Um, so yeah, Sammy and Party in the center. I've gone for Saka on the right. And in a slight change, I would bring Pepe back in on the left. Just because I don't know if Smith... I know Smith will train today. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if I'd want to throw him straight back in. Yeah. You know, it's a risk. Um, especially with Smith Rowe's injury record. I think mm. it would be a risk to throw him straight back in. So I think Pepe deserves a chance to come back in and see what he can do. Mm. I think if Pepe doesn't play tomorrow... I don't think we'll see Pepe again in an Arsenal shirt. Wow. That that's the honest truth. I, I just don't think think we will ever see Pepe again if he doesn't play tomorrow. Mm. Up top I've gone with Oligard at the number ten. And I had already picked this team before the news came out tonight that Abamyang looks like he will not be playing. Um, yeah. looks like he is potentially sick. Um, but I would go for Martinelli up top. I know we talked earlier on about he's not ready to lead the line on a full-time basis, but I think against Alexis Southampton, you know, that it could be a good game to, to give him an opportunity to lead the line. Um, and then you've always got Lacazette to come off the bench later on if needs be. Yeah. So there you go. That's my team. What do you yeah. think? I like it. I like it. Like you said, <coughs> the goalkeeper in the back four pick themselves. Um, for me, right now, um, I know there are lots of sections of, of the fan base that would disagree, but 
I think, you know, Partey, Sambi, Partey, Ainsley is, is our best options in terms of midfield. So completely agree with you on that one uh, in terms of the midfield. I know Partey, as you said, not been great, but um, for me, it's Partey and one other, Sambi or Ainsley for me, uh, preferably. Um, Saka on the right makes sense. Pepe on the left is interesting. Um, and it's interesting you say, if we don't see Pepe again, we might not see him again in the Arsenal shirt. And to be honest, I can't, I can't disagree because I think if you can't get a start against Southampton, given you know you've not even been called upon against United and Everton when we clearly needed a, a goal in both those games, we were chasing the game to get something from it. It makes sense. Um, worrying though, but it makes sense. Um, and then yeah, obviously Odegaard two and two, um, and um, obviously Martinelli up front. I think Martinelli, while he's not absolutely, you know set the team alight since coming 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 kind of coming back into the the frame of things you know he has he has showed energy you know he has showed you know passion effort um you know he 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 seems like he's up for it he seems like he's got the right attitude and the right kind of like approach to the game whereas all the other forwards just seem a bit lackluster at the moment they seem like they just don't even really want to be there or comfortable there right now so yeah i like the team i really really do like the team and i think with this team you could even you know there's, there's a bit of flexibility in terms of like you know sometimes you could get odegaard kind of floating out to the right you could get him kind of floating out to the left and you could get one of pepe or saka kind of working as a as as a, as a second striker um with martinelli so yeah i, I like the i like i like the lineup um I like the rotation that you brought into it, and I like the potential flexibility of the of of the forward three behind. Because I know it's a four four two, but that could easily change to almost a four two three one, um, you know, or again a four four two. But there could be flexibility in terms of where Odegaard is because he can float, he can float out to the right and the left. We know we know Pepe can play in inside forward. But we also know he can play as a front man as well in a two. So, um, and obviously Saka's got an eye for goal. So yeah, I do like it. It's got a real kind of nice balance to it. Um, I, I definitely would say that's not the team Arteta's going to pick. <laughs> but um, yeah, to be honest, I, I can't. I can't fault it. It's a good team. If I saw that lineup tomorrow, I'd maybe feel a little bit more confident than I do right now. Just say that. The other thing with Odegaard is he can actually play as a two up top. Yeah, um, it's not his yeah, natural position, but you've seen yeah. his ability to finish in the last couple of games and the yeah. positions that he's getting himself into. Yeah, um, you could arguably say you know he can push up into two rather than yeah. as a, a sort of deep ten. Yeah. Um, what I would say is in terms of the, the team tomorrow, what you will see is Sambi will be replaced in that lineup by thirty-four. Yeah, he will be. Martinelli will probably play on the left wing. Yeah. Pepe will be on the bench and Lacazette will Lacazette, play Yeah, no, 100%. So that, that's 100%. what I reckon Arteta will play, but that's what I would like to see. Um, no, like a couple it. of comments here. So, Scott, morning, guys. Sorry, I'm late. I like the lineup. Morning, Scott. Good to see you, Scott. Um, hope you're keeping well. Party has been absolutely dreadful. Controversial, I know, but I'd rather 34 start than him at the moment. Oof. <laughs> that is controversial, especially. I love you, me. Scott, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, for me, party thirty-four was an empty shirt against Everton. Yeah. Um, was responsible, in my opinion, for both goals. Yeah, D Dubs. That's a, a new name to the show. 
You reckon? Yeah, I think it is. I've not seen that name before. So, yeah, welcome, D-Dubs. Um, not sure if I've seen that before. So, yeah, apologies if you have tuned in before. Yeah, welcome. And make sure if you haven't to hit that subscribe button. Um, can we clap your hands there? Oh, sorry. Sorry, his comment was decent team, to be fair. If ESR is unavailable, I play the Varish left wing. Um, give it a look at it. It's an interesting shot. Yeah, uh, certainly yeah. Tavares started off as a left winger. Yeah, at Benfica before he dropped back. So yeah, I mean mm -hmm. it is it's possible. Um, mm -hmm. it is it is an option certainly. Um, and he also said Martinelli's run off the ball created other guard goal. Others can't move around really, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's Martinelli. I mean. <laughs> so go ahead. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like he's the only one right now up front that seems like he's up for it. He's making those runs. He's putting himself out there. You know, he's getting in the right positions. He's just got a whole different energy about him than than all the other front men at the moment. You know, Abamian is just just looks lost. Um, you know, Lacazette for me just doesn't get in the attacking half as much. He drops too deep. Eddie's Eddie. Um, Balogun's not ready for first-team football. And I just think of all the forwards I've seen right now, Martinelli just looks the most up for it. So I would not argue with seeing him in, in the first team. Absolutely. Well, listen, that kind of <clears throat> sums that up. I mean, we know what Southampton are about. They're going to they're gonna press hard. Uh, but ultimately, they, they, they lack a bit of quality. They, they yeah. have the, a good game here and there. Yeah. Um, they go on good wee runs at times, but for the most part, you know, they're not a team that really should be troubling us. Yeah. Um, they have the likes of Ward Price. Is that your cat, by the way, I can hear? Yeah, it is. That's why I'm just looking at him. I'm like, what are you talking, what, what, what noise you're making? He's just walking yeah. around the sitting room, just meowing. I'm like, what do you want, mate? You've already been fed. <laughs> um, yeah, so as I said, the likes of Ward Price and stuff like that, but uh, overall, you know, is Theo Walcott going to hurt us? Probably not. Um, yeah. You know. Oh, famous last words there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Probably turn for, into like prime Ronaldinho tomorrow. Walcott gets a hat-trick. <laughs> Worrying. Oh, so that would be typical, typical Arsenal, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. Um, it, it's about that time, really, where we need to do some score predictions. Yeah. Um, so... I'll kick it off with, I'll give you Lottie's score predictions because I did speak to her earlier on just to, to get hers because obviously we need it for our predictor league. Um, and Lottie and G ha, have both said they're going to go 3-1 okay. to Arsenal. So, yeah, um, they're going for a comfortable, confident 3-1 win. What is your thoughts, G? Let me just like, you know what I mean? Earlier in the show, I, I said I was I said I said was somewhat nervous, and I am nervous. Um, and that's just because of Arsenal's inconsistency this season. Um, but I can't bet against my, my team. You know what I mean? I just, I, I can't. It's not in me. Um, I think it's going to be a tricky game because I think anyone right now are going to fancy their chances against Arsenal um, just because of our inconsistency. So... I think we'll I think we'll eventually win the game 2-0. 2-0. I don't think it will be a, I don't think it will be a convincing win, but I think the scoreline will probably flatter us and I think we'll win it 2-0. Okay. Um I'm personally even slightly less convinced of a an easy victory. Yeah. Um so I do think we've got enough to beat them. Mm. Um I don't think they've got enough a lot to, to trouble us. Yeah. 
but given how we're playing in, in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net, yeah, um, I, I'm going to go for a, a very miserly 1-0 win. Mm, I don't blame so, you. I was thinking 1-0, uh, to be honest. But, yeah, yeah, I do think we'll win, but I don't think it's going to be by much. And as I say, no. for me, 1-0 is as, as much as I can kind of go with. Um, so, obviously, we have our we have our predictor league. Um, and we obviously, we, we get someone to predict on behalf of the guests or... The, the followers and stuff um, if there's no one on with us um, and what we do is obviously as always we put a one pound bet on that that prediction and any money that we win will go to our charity of choice for the season and that is obviously this season is Air Ambulance Northern Ireland a charity that's close to my own heart um, and obviously we'll, we'll change that next season to Lee or G or Lottie can pick next season's charity um, so far we have not won a great deal um, in terms of charity bets, so we may have to do some more challenges or something to try and get it's a bit a lot more. harder than it looks, man. Yeah, we might have to try and do some more challenges and fundraising things to get a bit more money in. Um, because I don't really want to be going at the end of the season and handing them seven pounds fifty, which is what we've won so far. Um, because yeah. to be honest with you, that's not even going to buy the the washing up liquid, the the polish yeah. the helicopters and the wash the helicopters. So anyway, um, this week. On behalf of the the fans, I have asked our good friend Joe nice. um, to to predict. So he gave me his score prediction earlier on, and he has gone for a two one Arsenal win. Um, I have placed the bet with the betting company that I use, and the odds were thirteen to two. Okay. So again, if we win, it will return another seven pounds fifty. So far, so let's hope. Let's hope Joe's right and we get a 2-1 win. Yeah. Um, for both the sake of Arsenal and for the sake of our charity bet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's kind of it for tonight. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about, G? No, not really, you know. Um, it's 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 been it's been obviously pretty negative, obviously, since the last two defeats, and it's been pretty quiet. Um the only thing that that kind of springs to mind is the um I don't know if you saw um, earlier today was the Arteta press conference um, ahead of obviously Southampton game. Um, he came out and he was quizzed about the future of Eddie and Ketia. Um, and obviously by all account, well, from what he said, he said that um, Arsenal are having conversations with um, Eddie's representatives um, and generally the, the, the plan is they, they, you know, they want him to, 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 to commit. They rate him as a player. Um, and yeah, they, they, they see his long-term future at the club. Now, obviously, you know, it depends how you take it. You can take it from 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 whichever perspective. But I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but that was the gist of what he said, was that, you know, um, conversations were ongoing about, you know, him committing his future to the club. Um, and by all accounts, he rates him and, and, and sees him having a future at Arsenal. So, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's worrying. I'm not going to lie. It's it's slightly worrying. Um, we, we've talked about it before. You yeah. know, we'll, we go right back to last season um, after the defeat to Liverpool where you and I sat and did a, a, a squad review on air. Yeah. We, we just had enough and we decided, right, let's go through every single member of the squad and mm. who do we bin, who do we keep. And even back then, we said we'd bin and carry it. 
Yeah. Um, and I was I was disappointed that we didn't manage to sell him during the summer. I know that deal agreed with Crystal Palace, yeah. but his wage demands were too high. Um, and I wonder. Part of me wonders. Obviously, he's rejected the the contract um, with Arsenal, and obviously we don't know the ins and outs. So we don't know whether he has rejected the contract based on he wants to move because he's not getting first team football, yeah. or is it a case of he's rejected it because again he's wanting too much money? Um, Who knows? Because well, Arteta actually said, actually, yeah. Sorry to cut you off, but Arteta actually said in the press conference that we know why he. We know why he um, he's rejected the contract. He actually publicly said it, um, and that is because he wants to play more football. That, according to Arteta, we don't know how true that is, but according to Arteta, it's it's the the basis of him rejecting it is based on he needs more, he wants more game time. Okay, so I mean, if he needs more game time, he's not going to get that at Arsenal because <laughs> he's thing. not he's not good enough to lead the line on a consistent yeah. basis. Yeah, uh, he isn't. And he never will be. Yeah, he's a decent, he's a decent squad player. Yeah, at best. Guess, yeah, when it comes to a top level club, if you're talking lower end of the Premier League, yeah, or you're talking high end of the Championship, then yeah. But yeah, I think it was um, Chris who does our some of our Twitter graphics and, and yeah. our lineups and stuff. Um, said the other night on the show, he was at Leeds United and couldn't get in the team when they were in the Championship. Yep. So yep. why does he think he's suddenly going to get into a club like Arsenal? Why do you think he? Why does he think he's going to lead the line for us? He's not. Yeah. And we're being linked with all manner of strikers. Yeah. We're going to come in and be ahead of him in the pecking order. Yeah. You know, at best, he will sit on the bench and get ten minutes at the end of the game. Yeah. If he's happy with that, well, that's on him. But no, for me, he needs to go. Um, yeah. It's just he's not good enough. He's not. No, definitely, definitely. Like I said, for me, it, it's a case of like I'm just hoping that you know it is it is a, a smokescreen, um, or if 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 Arteta is being genuine, because you don't know if it's just PR nonsense. Um, he's not going to come out and say, "Look, you know the kid's rubbish," um, <laughs> and we're not we're not going to offer him a contract. So he's not going to say that, but. By all accounts, we've offered several contracts and he's, he's refused them. So you got to just hope that, one, it's either a smokescreen or, two, it's with the intention of protecting his value for a potential near-future sale. Um, because if Arteta genuinely believes that, you know, he has a long-term future at Arsenal, then, you know, uh, I, I said earlier in my tweet, I said, Lord, help us. Because um, he's just not good enough. And I don't... I, I think, you know... There's a lot of things that divide Arsenal fans as a fan base, but I think we can all agree that, that Eddie Nketiah is not good enough to play for Arsenal. Um, nothing against the young lad. You know, he's definitely got a future in the game, but he just doesn't have a future in Arsenal and um, playing up front. So, you know, if if we are if we are to be the ambitious club that we ought to be and we're looking to target, you know, major trophies, getting back into the Champions League in the top four, we're not going to do that with Eddie Nketiah up top. Um you know, if we want to stay, you know, mid-table, eighth place, and potentially decline to a bottom, bottom half side, then yeah, we extend Nketiah's contract and, and we, we make him a first-team player. So, yeah, I, I'm just, it, it, it does worry me and it really, really did concern me because Arteta is quite, 
quite blunt and quite honest in a lot of his press conferences. So I, I don't really, I don't really have him. Obviously, he does play mind games at times, and all managers will. They're not going to always reveal their hands. You know, they're going to play games with the press, etc. But um, yeah, seeing those quotes really, really did kind of worry me and concern me because I'm just thinking, like, come January or next summer, you know, are we going to get this 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 top notch striker in, or are we going to be presented with, you know, signing Enketia as like a new signing? Because if it's that, then Jesus, we're 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 in for trouble. You yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. D-Dub's making a, a, a very good point here. Um, in my opinion, one the game time probably is nonsense. Way to talk is putting three-yard headers away. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. You know, I like D-Dub's. Yeah. If, if you want to play and you, you want to demand a new contract and you you want to demand playing time, put the ball in the back of the net exactly. when you get the chance. 100%. Great, great comment. You know, I, I could have finished that. Yeah, I, I could have put that ball in the back of the net. Yeah. And as I said the other day, I'm a fat 40-year-old who couldn't run the length of himself, but I could still jump and put that ball in the back of the net. Trust me. Trust me. You know, Wayne Rooney could do it. Yeah. I used to joke at Wayne Rooney just seeing pies in the in the crowd and he was jumping up yeah. to look at them. Yeah. That's how he got his headers. But, I mean, I could do it. I, I, I could quite easily do that. Um. So, anyway, yeah, right. Anybody, any last comments, drop them in now in the chat. Um, and while you do that, um, G, if you want to do the, the yeah. needful. No problem. My pleasure. Um, there we go. Well, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, um, absolutely massively appreciate your support. Um, obviously, you know, big up D Dubs. Um, believe that is a new name. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, really great comment there. So hopefully, you will be joining us for um, a lot of our future shows. Um, but yeah, if you don't know already, we are on all the kind of major social media platforms. So Facebook, you can find us at Canon Chatter. Instagram is at Canon underscore Chatter, um, and TikTok recent most recently is at Canon underscore Chatter. Not done a lot on TikTok at the moment, but we are we do have plans um, to do a lot more on there uh, moving forward. Most of you will know us from Twitter. Um, a lot of our content is tweeted out, um, you know, on there on that platform. So if you're not following and you watch our shows and you're on Twitter, or even if you're not on Twitter, make a Twitter account, follow us. We'll follow you back. Um, that is at Canon Chatter. Um, if you want to follow Stephen, obviously hosting tonight, uh, co-founder of the channel. That's at SB Cannon Chatter. Um, and if you want to follow me, uh, very simple, at G Talks Arsenal. Um, and obviously, Lottie's not here tonight. Um, she's out on the town with her mate, G, uh, the other G. So you can follow Lottie at Lottie underscore B with two T's and two I's because somebody beat her to it. And also, um, Lottie has um, some has a great blog. Um, she's got lots of um, previous kind of articles based on Arsenal's transfer uh, window, previous our season, last season. She's got some stuff on um, a lot of the new signings and some some really good articles on some of the most recent games, um, whether they've been wins or, or losses. So if you want to um, catch up on some reading or, or take a little look, you can do that via lottieafc.blogspot.co.uk. And you can also do it on the app. Remind me of the name, Stephen. Is it called Fan Club? Um, 
for the life of me, I can't remember. It's, I know what it's called, but I don't want to promote it. Um, it it's called Fan Hub. Okay. Um, and I don't want to promote it purely because they infuriated me the other day. Um, oh, is it? Oh, is it? Yeah. They, do you know what? We make a point on our main Canon Chatter page of mm. we will we will follow everybody back. Oh, did they um, unfollow us? If you the, if you the decency to follow us, we'll unfollow you or we'll follow you. If you, you know what, they, us, you know what they did the we'll same to me. You know? Yeah, but there are accounts out there who they will follow loads of people. They'll say they'll follow them back, and then all of a sudden they just start to unfollow people. Yeah, because they want to look like they're really popular, so they want to look like they're following very few people, but being followed by hundreds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they did that to me, and they unfollowed Canon Chatter. Yeah, so nice. I unfollowed them back, and I deleted yeah. their app. Yeah, because I have no time for that. Yeah. If you want to call yourself Fan Hub and be about the fans, then follow be the about fans. the fans. Yeah. Follow the fans. Yeah. If you want them to follow you, you follow them back. That's so, it. No. Well, I'm not I'm not backing them anymore. Um I no won't problem. advertise for them anymore. I'm, 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 I'm with you. So yeah, scrap if, what I just said. Yeah. If you want to read Lottie's blog, then go to Lottie's blog here, which is lottiefc.blogspot.co.uk. Yeah. And what you can actually do is you can go to Canon Chatter's Twitter page, and if you click at the link at the top, um, I'm trying to remember what it's called, but I have got a link in our banner, which actually um, is shortcuts to all of our social media platforms, yeah. and Lottie's um, blog is in there as well, so you can actually shortcut oh. into it from our um, Twitter handle. Um, so there you go. Nice. By the way, um, Fan Hub, if you do want to follow Canon Chatter back, I'll consider refollowing you. <laughs> and obviously, um, you can see tonight, me and Stephen are rocking the same hoodie. Looks slightly different. Um, his one looks better than mine. It's a much deeper, nicer red. I think it's to do with the lighting. But yeah, if you want to, um, if you want to, you know, obviously purchase any kind of um, Canon Chatter merchandise, uh, please do, obviously, T-shirts, you know, you name it, we could probably get it done. Um, so yeah, just you know, give us a shout. Um, send an email to info at canonchatter.com or DM Stephen or me or Lottie or any one of us. All the details are also in the description of this um, stream video. Um, please do make sure if you if you if you are watching and you haven't hit that like button, please do hit that like button. Um, and if for whatever strange reason you haven't subscribed to the channel, please make sure that you do subscribe to the channel. You turn on those notifications and you do hit that like button. We massively appreciate all your support. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, just for anybody that doesn't know, we do have a subscriber challenge. Um, we feel mm -hmm. the first part, which was getting the 500 by the start of the season. Um, and that was for me to bleach my hair. The next yeah. challenge was to get to 1,000 by the end of this year. And G was going to bleach his hair and his beard, um, but not the eyebrows. Yeah, um, realistically, I, I don't think we're going to quite manage it. Um, yeah, we're, still, we're, we're, we're still about 500 short, um, yeah. we're just over 500 short, so yeah, do you know what? That's fine. But once we hit January the 1st, we are going hammer and thongs at getting subscribers. Yeah, we have to because have to. phase three, part three of the, the subscriber challenge was if we can get 2,000 followers by the start next season Lottie will get a tattoo and it will be picked by you guys in a poll. Yeah. G will design a tattoo, Lottie will design a tattoo and I will design a tattoo 
and we'll put it to the public vote and Lottie yeah. will get the winning tattoo somewhere we don't know where and we're going to do a live stream and stuff of it and and have a bit of fun with it um so you just have to help us come january the first you have to do everything you can to get us oh, more yeah. subscribers so my like cat just decided to like just randomly jump on my lap why not once in on the show wants to subscribe you, to the you channel say hello say hello go on in this is drac um yeah gunner would just eat you <laughs> gunner's probably oh, yeah. lying in front of the fire having a wee sleep right now so yeah um well listen if that's it let's see if there's any more comments um just the one from jamie very tight show tonight guys thank you jamie hope you're well um, and i know we were talking the other day i'll catch up with you again soon let me know what your thoughts are on, on that stuff we're, we're discussing um so yeah listen other than that um gee any final thoughts any final words no just look enjoy your weekend <clears throat> um yeah have an amazing weekend stay safe and you know what let's hope we get the three points tomorrow absolutely um as g says you know we're coming up on christmas now yeah. nice time not to, to get down not to get disheartened 100%. We're going to win tomorrow. We're going to get three points. Um, we're going to start this this sort of real into the real Christmas season now with the football, um, yeah. and we're going to have a good run between now and the end of the year. Um, and yeah, we will be back on I think Monday night with a, a review show, um, and hopefully we'll be in good form. But until then, um, all we can say: keep chatting. <laughs>